This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 84 of Retired Racehorse Radio on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. Brought to you in cooperation with the Retired Racehorse Project and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. Today, we catch up with Kristen Werner of the Jockey Club to learn about the upcoming tip championships, as well as have some fun learning about Jockey Club names. You'll have to definitely check that out. We had a good time. We reconnect with the Making the Makeover contestants, Lee Beamer and Rachel Ramsey, and wrap it all up with Winnie Morgan Nemeth from New Vocations, bringing us another training tip and introducing our adoptable horse of the week. Listen in. And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. This is Joy Orr in Detroit, Michigan. And this is Kristen Kovach-Bentley from Jamestown, New York, and you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. Kristen, I have heard about the bummer news that you got today, but I think it'd be best if you tell listeners what exactly is going on in the standard bread community right now. Yeah, it's been a rough day in standard bread land. We record this a little bit before it comes out. So we are recording today on July 20th. And as of this afternoon, unfortunately, the standard bread national show has been canceled. So there's no standard bread nationals, at least not now. That sounds like maybe we'll be able to get it back on the schedule in the fall. So we're all just sort of... Yeah, uh, yeah, there's some positive out of it. We're all just sort of waiting to see what happens now. It was canceled due to weather. So the forecast for this weekend in New Jersey is like heat index of like 110. Uh, so yeah, like personally, I don't really want to be <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be showing in that. And neither does my little horse who doesn't do super good in the heat. And I think ultimately, like most of us, given the option, would probably really not want to be doing that. I know that there's frustration out there right now because it is like a very last minute call. I think a lot of people were preparing to travel tomorrow. That's the day I would have been leaving. And I think some people might already be there. <laughs> so, so that kind Well, Um, especially you think about like the most dangerous, of course, competing and riding in hot weather is dangerous, but like the trailer ride is also extraordinarily dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. I know some people have fancy climate controlled trailers and that is not me. (laughs) So I've not found my sugar daddy for that yet, but I'm taking applications. (laughs) Right. Yeah. If anybody would like to buy me an air conditioned trailer, we can talk. So yeah, I would have been planning to leave early as I could have just to get as much of the drive done before it got really hot. But yeah, that decision has now been made for us. So it's too bad for us, you know, because of course we had our guests from a couple shows ago, Ashley and Colleen, they were going to do a really fun social media takeover for us. And then we were going to maybe record a couple segments and kind of see how the show was going. And of course, that's not going to happen now. But of course, there is the hope that it'll come back in the fall. Naturally, we'll all be hoping it's not scheduled the same time as the Thoroughbred Makeover, because that'll be a little busy for all three of us, actually, for Ashley. Extraordinarily interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So and of course, 
as far as I'm concerned, like I pettishly don't want it to be the week before or the week after the makeover either. And I have another ranch show in September. So if they consult me for the date, I'll be willing to give them my availability, but fingers crossed for everybody in standard bread community that we can get it rescheduled and it'll be a date that works for everybody. And sometime a little cooler than a hundred some degrees. So I know, I mean, it's not the only horse show that we've seen get canceled this summer. I mean, globally, I know a lot of the UK is, finding a lot of their horse shows canceled due to their heat epidemic. You know, and wildfires. I never heard of wildfires in Europe, <sighs> but I saw stables being evacuated. And I know, yeah, it's I mean, been a tough summer. The world right now is a scary place. And we just ask that everyone take some time to like take care of yourself, stay hydrated, be well. It's okay. It's horse. okay. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> if you're not feeling particularly jolly right now. <laughs> Um, so hopefully we're providing some content that gives you relief. That's our goal. It give you a, a few minutes of relief from everything happening. Yeah. If you can hear the rising panic in our voices, I promise it's all really fine. Everything's great. Everything's, Everything's going great, just fine. And, but it's not great. That's what keeps wineries and breweries in operation. And right. Yes. Have a with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So how about you, Joy? How are things going for you? <laughs> oh, it's got ups and downs, Kristen. So the 31st is my birthday. I will be turning the dirty 30. And I Woo-hoo. thought it'd be fun to celebrate by bringing my lovely thoroughbred mare out to her kind of back on the scene show. She hasn't gone to an off-property show in a few years. And I was like, this will be great. We've done all this hard work. Our connection's on point. Like, it is the time. And she was sure to tell me it is not the time. Oh, <laughs> she, is, wow. she is not ready to go public with our relationship. Oh, dear. <laughs> and that's okay. Astrid, come on, girl. Just yeah. Um, so Astrid is going to summer school next month because she's decided it's interesting. She'll run into the trailer. She likes the trailer. She's like, the trailer is a place I get snacks and I get pets and like, it's a place of relaxation. So that was a win because last month we talked about the trailer training we were doing. However, she doesn't want the butt bar to touch her. Well, I mean, buy her a drink first, butt bar. Come on. I know. I mean, I understand it's offensive. I get it. But it's like you can do everything else behind her. But the moment the butt bar touches her, she just like sits on it. She's like, no, it's not like a full panic, which is great. But she just kind of sits on it. I'm like, I don't really know how to handle that. And I need yeah. to Google or, you know, I, I have Tick Maynard's cell phone number. I might shoot him a text of like, what do I do? But yeah, it's a, it's an interesting choice. And so she's going to school with my trainer for a little bit to see if we can make her more, even more comfortable, or we're going to try a slant load and see how she goes in the slant. Maybe she'll be more comfortable with that. So either yeah, is it just like a straight load? It's a straight load. So we might try the slant load, which is actually our competition yeah. trailer anyway. Oh, give it a go. Yeah. Maybe she'd prefer that. Maybe she'll prefer it, but either I don't want to rush her and because we haven't taken her for a couple, like just simple off property go arounds. And I'm like, not the place not to take her to a busy atmosphere after we finally got her relaxed. So I pulled the plug on that, but I'm still going to the show. (laughs) Oddly enough. You just going to like run around just like horseless horse Uh, show it. No, I was like really bummed because I was like, this is my birthday present to myself. And then my mom was going to buy this cute little draft cross named Peanut. She's an American cream draft cross. 
very cute horse due to some health concerns on my mom's side. She's, we think she's okay, just so everyone knows. But if you want to send her a prayer, it would be appreciated. She decided to pull out of the sale last minute. My trainer then bought Peanut because she's like, I'm really into this horse. We need another horse. And she's paying me to take her to the show so you can see what she does. She's never been before. There you go. It's her very first show ever. I've ridden her for five minutes on a putt-putt ride. So yeah, (laughs) why not? Let's get through her dressage show and see what happens. It'll be fun. That is basically what your 30s are like. So. Just try stuff like the 20s are for having adventures and the 30s are just for like, shoot, we're an adult now. We just got to do the thing. And it it usually works out. So well, I mean, stay in the ring and to stay in the saddle. Anything else above that is a win. Yeah, no, good goals. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, but she's super cute. I will definitely post photos of it or go on stories. I know she's not a thoroughbred. I know she's not a standard bread. Don't come at me. Don't send me your complaints. But she is very cute. She looks like she came straight out of a Barbie movie, and she's very sweet. Oh, I'm so excited for you. Good luck. Yeah, thank you. Should be be fun. Let's hope I don't have a 110-degree day. That would be ideal. (laughs) Well, the good news is... Now that we've gotten all of the, all of that out of the way, all those things we do have a great array of guests. We are very excited to have our guests on today. We're going to speak with Kristen Werner from the Jockey Club. We've got two of our Making the Makeover contestants, and of course, another great standard red training tip from Winnie Morgan Nemeth. But before we get to that, we have a message from our sponsor, Kentucky Performance Products. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. Did you know that easy keepers and horses on restricted diets are often at risk for vitamin and mineral deficiencies? Most easy keepers are maintained on hay, and some get a few handfuls of grain a day, and most of these horses get little to no green grass. Diets that don't include significant levels of green grass or recommended amounts of fortified concentrates just don't supply enough vitamins and minerals. Many horse folks don't realize that hay alone, even high quality green hay, is not an adequate source of many vitamins. For example, when grass is cut and dried for hay, the vitamins quickly lose their potency. 70% of the vitamin E found in grass is lost in the first week after it is cut for hay. One way to ensure that your special needs horse is getting all the vitamins and minerals he needs is to add a vitamin and mineral supplement to his diet. A well-balanced supplement will provide the nutrients your horse requires without adding unwanted calories, starches, and sugars. Microphase made by Kentucky Performance Products is a vitamin and trace mineral supplement that bridges the gap in your feeding program. With Microphase, your horse receives adequate and balanced vitamin and mineral nutrition without unwanted calories or other ingredients. The minerals in Microphase have been chelated, a process that protects minerals during digestion and increases their absorption in the intestine. Microphase provides vitamins such as vitamin E in a natural form so your horse receives optimal results from this supplement. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, 
Well, Joy, I'm very excited to have with us today, Kristen Werner from the Jockey Club. She runs the Thoroughbred Incentive Program, which is a really cool program that I think everybody can and should get involved with. Kristen serves as a senior counsel for the Jockey Club and is also involved with the Jockey Club's industry initiatives related to the welfare and safety of the racehorse and aftercare, including the Equine Injury Database, the Thoroughbred Incentive Program, of course, and the Thoroughbred Aftercare Alliance. She earned her law degree from the University of Kentucky and is a member of the Kentucky Bar Association and is involved with numerous industry committees, including the United Horse Coalition, the Welfare and Safety of the Racehorse Summit, and the Racing Officials Accreditation Program. She's a really, really busy lady, but fortunately, she carved out a little time to sit down and chat with us because she's got not one, but two Thoroughbred Incentive Program Championships coming up in October. So welcome on, Kristen. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit more about the Thoroughbred Incentive Program Championships. What are these shows? And of course, why are there two of them this year? (laughs) Sure. So we started the Thoroughbred Incentive Program back in uh, 2012 was the first year that we had any part of the program. We started with just awards and horse shows and a couple of annual grown to have about 1400 horse shows with tip awards this year. And it just became clear that we kind of needed to continue to grow the program. And so tip championships became another part of the program. The first time we offered it was actually in 2017, skipping the COVID year of 2020. We've had championships ever since we started with Hunters and Jumpers, English Pleasure, grew into dressage. And so this year, we've split it into two shows because we've added some more disciplines. So last year, we added Western, a little bit of Western um, barrel racing in conjunction with the Thoroughbred Makeover at the Kentucky Horse Park. And so we've added to that with some additional Western stuff, uh, Western Pleasure, Ranch Riding, a Western Halter class. Competitive trail. We've moved Western dressage to uh, the Kentucky championships, as I call them. Um, and then we're also offering dressage. And we are once again partnering with Stable View in Aiken, South Carolina to offer kind of the more English side of the tip championships. And we will have hunters, jumpers, English dressage, a combined test, English pleasure, and a hunter in hand class. So busy two weeks of October from October 6th through 15th. I will probably be running around with my hair on fire, either in South Carolina or Kentucky, but it's going to be a really great couple of weeks to show off everyone's thoroughbreds at both the locations. Yeah. See, I'm thinking like, oh, I'm going to be so busy in October. You're going out for the makeover, but yeah, you're you're putting me to shame for sure. So please send <laughs> yes, coffee, everyone. Yes, yes. Everyone bring <laughs> coffee. Just hand it to us as we're walking by. <laughs> yeah. The Christians will accept your coffee donations. So <laughs> yeah. fun. So, and I saw this year that horses that are competing in the makeover are automatically qualified for their like adjoining tip championships class. So are they automatically entered or do they still need to go through a different entry process to make sure they can do both? So they still do have to enter the makeover discipline that you're entered in. And it applies both for 2021 mega makeover horses that competed and 2022 entered makeover horses. The discipline that they're participating in the makeover, they're automatically qualified for tip championships. So if you're showing in hunters and jumpers at the makeover this year, you'd be qualified for the Aiken championships, hunters and jumpers. If you're showing in say freestyle that unfortunately does not automatically qualify you for anything. And, but you could still participate in tip championships through what we call a hardship request. And I can talk about that in a minute, but to complete your question, you do still have to enter 
and declare your horse for tip championships. It's a separate process. We need to know how your horse is qualified, whether it's a makeover, some information on our declaration forms, like where was the horse adopted from? Is it a makeover graduate horse? Is the rider a junior or an adult amateur? And some information like that. So step one is qualify. Step two is declare and step three is enter. And makeover horses have to do all three of the steps in addition to horses that are not makeover horses. So, and I know that people sometimes ask questions like, why is this process so complicated? Why is it so far out from the horse show in regards to the makeover? And I imagine this applies to the tip champs as well, that we're gathering more than just entry information. And I imagine that's the same for both programs. Like we really want to know what horses are competing and more about those horses' backgrounds, because this is an important part of the mission is taking a look at what horses are going where and where we still have work to do. So bear with us, everyone who's looking to enter and thinking like, oh, this sounds kind of complicated. It's really not. It's not too much harder. Just a few extra steps. Tell us a little bit more about the hardship request, because I think that is a term that sounds scary for some reason, (laughs) but really isn't. (laughs) There's not a better way to describe it. So hardship had to be... um, But essentially what it is to automatically qualify for tip championships, you've got to participate in a show with tip awards or have participated in our performance award program, or as we mentioned before, be a makeover horse or participate in another similar program called take two, which is for hunters and jumpers. But we recognize that there are lots of people who either can't get to a tip show or couldn't get to one when their horse was ready to go to it, or they don't have that discipline near them. So we created what we call a hardship request. That is essentially just a request to have tip consider your horse's show record to qualify it for championships. The horses do have to be shown at least twice during the championship year, which is August 1st of 2021 through the entry time this year. So either August 15th, for Kentucky or August 31st for Aiken. What we're trying to allow our horses that are being shown just can't get to a tip show to participate in tip champs. What we are not going to accept are horses that haven't been shown at all during the championship year, either because they're very green or because unfortunately they had an injury or some other issue that prevented them from being shown. Tip championships is meant to be a kind of a year-end show. And so for those horses that aren't able to show during the year, um, while we're thrilled that they're interested in tip champs, we just ask that they wait until the following year when they're actually able to get their horse qualified. Not a super hard process to go through, but it does require a form a show record to be submitted and that show record's got to show the shows that you went to the classes you participated in, and then the divisions you're requesting to be qualified for. And that has to be sent in by the hardship request deadline, which for Kentucky is July 31st and for Aiken is August 31st. And again, much like with the makeover qualification that I talked about before, your hardship request declaration has to be in the disciplines you're trying to qualify for. So can't show in say dressage and asked to go into competitive trail, particularly for competitive trail and that class specifically, we really want these horses to have some experience in competitive trail before they come to championships, just because it's a, the horse park is a big place. The competitive trail is happening at the head of the lake and it just needs to be horses that are prepared for competitive trail. So long-winded answer. Sorry, but that was <laughs> that's the whole thing. <laughs> I think the big takeaway there is that those deadlines are rapidly approaching. So if you are they listening are. to this and thinking, Ooh, this sounds like something I'd like to get involved with. Definitely get on it. Don't wait until the last minute. Yes. Um, but you we do have time. So. Early form submitters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My mailbox looks pretty crazy on August 1st or in this case, September 1st, whenever the Kentucky deadline is. It's, it's amazing the yeah. amount of mail that comes in on the day. 
I'll have to send you some mail in the off season just so you don't feel left out. Yeah, I'll just send you, you a postcard you. from Trevor's <laughs> Radio. So I'm glad you mentioned the performance awards because that's how I have participated with Tip the past couple of years because we just can't find any. You know, as a ranch rider, there's just not a lot of Tip classes available because there's just there's not that many ranch riding shows available. Although that number is growing, and I've spoken with our show organizer, and she's hopefully going to apply for some thoroughbred high point awards for next year. Uh, but the performance awards program, I think is super easy to get involved with. And the prizes are awesome. Like where I'm sitting right now, I just glanced over and I can see my ribbons hanging on the wall. And I've got <laughs> like drinkware in my cupboard by tip, like you're sort of outfitting my whole bar area. So I encourage that's my little commercial for the performance awards. There's lots of cool prizes, very little work to be done on your part as a competitor seems like maybe a lot of work on Kristen Werner's part to add all this up at the end of the year, but you always get it done. So yeah, um, yeah and it, from- it's a great program. Again, like you said, for those that are not able to get to tip shows or for maybe those that are participating in disciplines that are a little bit less popular at this point, you know, our hunter and jumper and eventing and dressage categories are usually packed with people. Our Western is getting a bit bigger than it used to be. And then we have kind of our catch-all category, which every year we have more horses doing things like working ranch. And I had someone ask about working equitation and we've had a few of those. So it's great to see um, more thoroughbreds being used in more disciplines every year. And it does seem like every year something new is added. I'm like, what is this new thing I've never heard of before? So... So Kristen, is it with the Western not having as many members, is it because there's not as many opportunities to get points? Like there's the shows don't have those categories or is it the Western thoroughbred is still kind of growing and we're not seeing that as much? I think a little bit of both. I think the Western thoroughbred is still growing. And I think they're also probably just isn't as much knowledge out there about tip in that world. We are a very grassroots program. And so the way that we get a lot of our shows is that someone gets a thoroughbred, they find out about tip and then they go to the horse shows where they participate and they say you need to apply for these awards and then sometimes the shows do and sometimes they don't so i actually just encouraged some folks on the west coast who wanted to ask if there was any interest in us having a west coast championship and i said go and ask your shows to have tip awards because the way that we gauge participation and interest is where do we have horses participating in our program. And so whether that's shows with awards or performance award entries from an area, that's how I know, oh, there's lots of people in California or lots of people in Kentucky that are interested in our program. And so I think the same would apply for Western shows, even if you're not able to get the folks who run the Western shows to have awards, everyone should put in their performance award entries for those. Cause that way we can see, Oh, look, we've got a hundred people that want to do ranch riding. We should maybe expand that some more and things like that. Excellent. I like that. That's a very democratic process. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just show us where your voice is and yeah, you'll follow. Yeah, so. yeah. I'd love to say if you build it, they will come, but it's the U S and Canada and Puerto Rico are, is a big area to cover. So if we build it in say Colorado, I don't know that everyone will come, but it is, it'd be nice to know kind of where we've got pockets of people who maybe don't, aren't able to drive to Kentucky or South Carolina, but would support kind of a regional show or something like that for thoroughbreds. So. I would hope too that, you know, in combining with the makeover this year, that you'll get more eyes on the program, maybe that people aren't aware of how easy that program is to get involved in. But then too, just to kind of 
the makeover is such a fun show and I'm a little biased obviously, cause I worked to produce <laughs> it, but like we had so much fun adding the tip barrel championship last year. And I mean, the stands were full the first night people were screaming and cheering and it was just really fun to, you know, add a new element to the makeover, but then to give the makeover treatment to the tip part. So I'm hoping that we'll see some increased participation and a lot more cheering and ways to make it work. So I now if someone is participating in both are how do the classes work out. Like the <laughs> makeover runs on certain just going to say, it's great to see we've got yeah. a lot of makeover horses that are interested in doing both too. So that's a great question. So what we're planning to do, the barrel racing will run just like it did last year. So we ran the makeover barrel horses and the tip championship barrel horses Wednesday and Thursday night, which was pretty cool. As Kristen said, the stands were full and everyone seemed to enjoy kind of having something to watch for the evening. And then so on, on Friday, the makeover kind of takes a break and does some seminars and things like that. And Kristen, I will let you fill in more details on exactly what that is, <laughs> but, um, we're going to start tip championships Friday. And so we'll run dressage, Western dressage, Western pleasure, Western Halter ranch riding and competitive trail on Friday and Saturday. So Saturday during the makeover is the finale. And so for horses that are in the finale, we might have to do some scheduling, but otherwise for those horses that are not into the finale, then those classes will just go in order. And we will be posting the schedule once we get entries. The one nice thing about having an early entry deadline is that we are really going to be able to scrutinize the schedule and make sure that it works out as best as we can for everyone at the show. So that'd be a, yeah, a fun couple of days of masterminding the schedule, but yes. yeah, the makeover always <laughs> makes it work and I'm sure tip champs will as well. So my only regret is that because of course I'm working the makeover is that I can't bring jobber. So <laughs> that would be very <laughs> fun for him. I'll just cover for you, Kristen, you go, I'll just fill in. They'll never know. <laughs> oh, I was just thinking you could just ride jobber around the horse park and keep him schooled for me while there I work. Go. Yeah. yeah, it'd be got to hop on for a little while. My <laughs> right? background's yeah. in Western. I could like brush off the boots. <laughs> I mean, I put in a lot of miles in my golf cart from end to end, so I could just replace it with jobber and just be loping back and forth across the park. <laughs> <laughs> really <that>. Yeah. <laughs> just use the horse path. Please. Very true to theme. Right. Very true to theme. Yeah. <laughs> like the Pony Express thundering back and forth. So, oh Kristen, God. where can people go to find more information about the tip champs? And the tip program in general. So our website is tjctip.com and sort of the two spots to go to if you have a thoroughbred are the thoroughbred owners and riders tab that has all the information you need to know about how to participate. And then the championships tab has some general information. And then the forms tab underneath of that has prize lists and entry links. And again, all the kind of specific detail information about participating at the show. All right. Very cool. Listeners, if you are attending one or both of these shows, definitely let us know so we can cheer you on. One more thing we're going to do today with Christian Werner, since we have with us, a representative of the Jockey Club. I would like to go through a couple of weeks ago on our social media, we asked you guys, what would you name a racehorse if you ever had one? So we're going to spring these on Kristen Werner from the Jockey Club and see, <laughs> in her professional opinion, what she thinks of our proposed Jockey Club names. So we're going to have a little fun with this. I'm going to kick it off though. Joy, what would you name a racehorse if you had one? So I have a like a real one that I think is fun that me and my boyfriend talk about all the time. And so he's in the pie industry 
And we always have like our virtual horse stable if we were to breed racehorses and race them. And all of our racehorses would be named after different types of pie, like Dutch apple, strawberry rhubarb, blueberry, all of those. But like our starter horse, the one we would have it started all as their award-winning pie, which is the fourberry pie. So we would name our horse fourberry. And then, um, okay. Hang on. There's a pie industry. I know who would have ever thought <laughs> there is a pie industry. It's so fun. All right. He's definitely like the, the conversation stables. starter at the party. My job's not as exciting as this job. <laughs> yeah. Good news. Warberry is available. So you guys can reserve that for your first. Your first oh, ride. nice. Okay. So Kristen's actually <laughs> checking these in real time for us. I love it. Okay. All right. Write it down for Barry. It's ours. It's taken. Anyone who comes <laughs> after it, I'll find you. Yeah. Can you reserve a name? Like, can you put in and be like, this horse doesn't exist yet, but I would like to reserve. You can name. reserve a name. Yeah. Oh, nice. All right, I'm going to get on my paper. Get on it, Joy. I know. I Now I have to tell Astrid she has to have a baby. Oh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but if I had like a fictional name, it would be Ricky Spanish from American Dad. If anyone's watched it, you would know of Roger the alien and many of his personas. One is like the mischievous, always getting into trouble, always being chased out of town by angry mobs, Ricky Spanish. Why I want to bring that into my life, I don't know. I feel like I'm destined to have a horse that's a menace to society when I do that. <laughs> but I think it'd be so funny because they always announce his name as a whisper. It was always Ricky Spanish. And I'm like, I would just hope the announcer would catch on to that joke and only announce it in a whisper. I think it'd be really fun. You send like a note to the announcer before the race. This horse's yeah. name must be whispered. Don't Has yell to be whispered. <laughs> I feel like that's probably not the strangest request an announcer has ever gotten. So uh, why not? That's a, that's a tale for another episode. Straight yeah. across yeah. announcers. <laughs> yeah. It would yeah, be actually really interesting real... to learn from them because they had to memorize all those horses' names in between races. So that would be kind of cool to see. Oh, yeah. That'd I be an easy one. Easy win if he knows he has to whisper. He's like, I'll never forget Ricky Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Kristen, what about you? What would you name your fictional racehorse? Well, if we're on like the obscure characters from TV show track, like Jean Parmesan is the private eye from Arrested Development. And I just think that's a funny name. So <laughs> why not? And then also, what's the name of their drinking game from New Girl? Oh, True American. True American. Oh, that's a good that one. A good one. <laughs> Surely that's taken. That feels like a, you know, patriotic uh, name that somebody would have grabbed already. True American Beauty. And then there's True Americans RVF, which I think is a farm name of some kind, but so not like, just True American. All right. How similar can you have names in the racehorse industry? So a couple things with similar names, we look at them both phonetically and then spelling wise. So how they're spoken in addition to how they look is both considered. So you can't like just change spelling of a, a word and get it through. And then the other thing is for horses that aren't raced or bred within a certain period of time, names can be released and then be reused. So you might see a horse with your horse's name six to 10 years after your horse had that name. So kind of two things. There are some very similar names, but for the most part, we try to keep the ones for that are running or breeding at the same time from having a name that's too close. And we also have a rule in the rule book about horses with the in, within their pedigree not having the same name. So that's another thing to consider. You can't name your horse after its granddad. Oh yeah, that would be confusing. Yeah, yes. it would be. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> very different than like when we breed <laughs> Arabs little, and uh, stuff, because we always try to have like a little bit of the sire's name and a little bit of the dam's name, but in racehorse, it's like 
Give them an original name. Be original. Well, and, that, and that's okay. And I actually love creative names that that use the sire and the dam's name and not necessarily like a word from each, but like a play off of the words. But you can't have like, for example, there's a mayor named Trudy May. You can't name your her full Trudy May. <laughs> like yeah. You can't have two Trudy Mays in the same line, but you could have my favorite Trudy May and that's fine, but you can't have okay. the same one. Very interesting for anyone who's thinking about naming race versus write all these tips down. Yeah, there, we go. <laughs> there are rules too. You can go look at the rules of number of characters and those sorts of things. So always start with the rule book when you're trying to pick your horse's name. Love it. <laughs> always rules. Well, and Kristen, right. we got some listener suggestions as well for names. You want to start with those? Yeah. So we got some really funny ones. This, I don't think the whole name would fit that they filled in, but I, I get what they're getting at. Crunchy peanut butter parentheses because it's the best PB. Oh, that's from I think Chantel. you have to go with just Chantel's entry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it is the best peanut butter, by the way. But yeah, I think uh, just crunchy peanut butter. I think that would work. Yeah, that either is run it all together or maybe pea butter or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Can you do like pea crunchy apostrophe pea. nut like peanut? Peanut. Crunchy peanut butter. butter. <laughs> Fun for the announcer. What is this? Peanut. All right, this one's good. Don't tell HR. That's kind of I think that was Jessica Sackett who submitted that one. Nice. <laughs> uh, oh, this one's good. Here for the beer. I think there is a here for the beer. That sounds familiar. Or here for beer. Maybe here for beer. Okay. Could they do like... like well, I guess it comes down to phonetics, right? If you did like H-E-E-R for here for the beer, but that would come down to the phonetics, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that would be I tried. I tried, it's Jessica. I you tried. tried. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like the typing in real time. Like, Kristen's like, I'm on it. You know, I know. I'm on it. I know. Check that name. Sleuthing into this. Oh, <laughs> uh, this one. Yeah. Here's a haha. Blame it on the dog. <laughs> I blame a lot of things on the dog around here, actually. So that works. I think we have a blame it on the cat, but no dog. That's fair. <laughs> That's that so fair. Right? <laughs> we might do actually more of that around here. It's, who dropped this? The cat. Oh, here's a like a punny one. I love a punny racehorse name. Fleetwood Max. Ah, uh, that's a good one. I think that's probably far enough away from the actual band name that you'd be okay. Okay. Yeah, so you can't name it like after an existing thing. Like, yeah, trademarks and copyrights are out. So I can't have my Netflix and chill racehorse. Probably not. That one might be too suggestive too. Can't say for sure, but I think you might. <laughs> <laughs> do people in the years, office, Kristen. do they know what that means? Yeah. yeah. Give it a few years when it gets a new connotation. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here's the last one. Charlie horse. Oh, That's a good one. yeah. Uh, now, if you have a Charlie horse as a person, that's like a, a leg cramp, right? That might not. Yeah, be I don't know that I'd want to wish that on my horse because I would imagine they get something somewhere. Yeah, yes. it'd be like naming it shin splint. Like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe we don't <laughs> do that. <laughs> Cute name. Well, thanks, Kristen, for playing that game with us. Yes. That was yeah. fun. We'll have to do another one. Have you back on Jockey Club Names Round Two? All right, <laughs> so folks, tjctip.com for everything you need to know about the Thoroughbred Incentive Program, and we'll look forward maybe to catching up with Kristen after two championship events in October when you talk to press. <laughs> maybe after vacation and then yes. after two. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right. Thanks very much, Kristen. Thanks for having me.
Well, most of you know that Kristen is a co-host on this show. She also works for the Retired Racehorse Project. And Kristen, I was so excited to see the social post that the RRP has a new partnership. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, we have partnered with Ride IQ, which is a really cool app. The app gives its members access to like literally hundreds of on-demand audio lessons taught by world-class equestrians. So the whole point is that it's like a ride-along app. So you put in your earbuds or your speakerphone and you will ride the lesson while you listen to it. So it's a really, really cool program for people who don't have access to a lot of coaching. So like whether you live out in the sticks or like you just don't have a trainer or your horse doesn't trailer well, this can be a really cool way for people, you know, to continue to progress in their training. So we've partnered with this app and we've launched the Thoroughbred Fundamentals series. So that's actually a series of lessons targeted just for thoroughbreds in those initial trainings. So if you just have a prospect off the track and you're not really sure how to get started or you're just looking for a little guidance, you can literally put a voice in your ear to sort of help you through and kind of get you started going down that path. So I think it's going to be a big game changer for people, especially, you know, we have so much uncertainty right now and, and the cost of everything is so much higher that I think lessons and training might be one of the first things to go for people, but they still want to hold on to their horses. So I think this is going to be a really good way for people to continue to move forward in their training safely without having to get rid of it completely. So we're really excited to have this partnership going. Education is a huge tenet of what the Retired Resource Project does, and this was filling a big gap for us. So we're very excited to, to have that partnership going. There is a code for just a couple of weeks to help people get started with Ride IQ. I, of course, don't have it in front of me right now, but if you head to the RRP website, you'll find the Ride IQ section under our education menu, and you can hop over there and find that code and get yourself started. I love it. It's super, it's a very good app. I follow Ride IQ on Instagram. It's something that I've wanted to take part of. So this is really the jumpstart that I'm looking for. So you can check it out, Ride IQ, check it out on Apple, on Google Play, and make sure to, if you check out some of the retired resource projects, the thoroughbred fundamentals, let us know, tag us in it. We'd love to be promoting it and see what you thought. Yeah, drop a review and let us know. I know that they're going to be adding new lessons all the time. So it's certainly it's starting with thoroughbred fundamentals, but it's not going to end there. So we're going to have a ton of content tailored to thoroughbred people. And of course, then from there, you can go in any direction with discipline specific lessons too on Ride IQ. So check it out. Let us know what you think. By the way, that code is RRP15 to save 15% off the first Ride IQ membership payment. See, you're on it. This is why you're the host. We're both hosts, Kristen. Check out Right IQ. Co-hosts. <laughs> Kristen, promise me you won't tell any other guests that we have, you know, in the past or in the future on this show. But I have to say this next segment is quickly becoming one of my favorites. We are bringing back our Making the Makeover series. We have Rachel Ramsey, who is our pro writer, coming into the working ranch and western division of the Thoroughbred Makeover. And then our amateur writer, Lee Beamer. And I think this is the first time we've Cross the two. And just a quick reminder, Lee is out of Virginia and she is going to be competing in the dressage division at the makeover. So opposite size, I have to say, typically the dressage princesses and the Western ranch girls don't always hang, but tonight they are. So welcome back to the show, Rachel and Lee. Thank you. Thank you. I am super Good timing, Lee. <laughs> it's so perfect. It's already going well. It's already going swimmingly. So I want to start with you, Rachel, because last time we chatted with you, you were on planning this big epic camping trip that you were going to take your horse on. Tell us a little bit about what's been going on there. 
We um, did have big plans to head out to the West Coast for a month or six weeks or so. And then we just kind of sat back and reevaluated with the fuel prices and just kind of everything going on. We decided we needed to be wise with our time and money. So we are still here in Texas and I am picking up lessons. And actually, it probably worked out better as Catcher was playing as Gildings love to do in his pen and pulled a muscle in his hind end. So he yeah. has been on stall rest the last few weeks, but it's, we still carry on training. It's, we make it work. Oh, I'm <laughs> so sorry to hear stall that. Desensitizing. Well, that's actually a good thing to do. I think it's something that a lot of people think about before the makeover, especially if they have pasture horses who haven't been in a stall up till training they're about to be in a stall for an entire week. So how is he handling being on stall rest? He's handling it really well. He's got a small pen where he's still attached to the pasture horses. And then mm-hmm. he's got toys and unlimited hay and he's handling it well. It's of course they get bored. So mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. tend to destroy things, but you know, yes. Galdings so. had to be a little bit worse <laughs> than the mares in that department. Tend to be not always. Especially young have- ones unruly marriage yeah. as well. And but so- it, it has worked out well. It, it kind of slowed down and made me kind of reevaluate where we're headed as far as what we're in, entering because I was really headed towards ranch as my main entry and then leaning towards freestyle just for something fun. Um, and so, yeah, I just kind of slowed down because we could be very competitive at competitive trails. He just has the mind for it. And I feel like we've really, the last six or seven months, put in our time and i don't feel like I'm getting behind by giving him a month off, I guess is what I'm saying. For one, it's hot. And I feel like Mm -hmm. he's in a really good place to take a break as far as where his training level is and to be able to pick it back up. Yeah. It's much better to do that now than like a month from now where, you know, you feels like the pressure's on then by the end of July or the end of August. And then, yeah, that would be, I think, a feeling of panic a little bit because I, in 2018, it was in the end of August that Jobber decided to stone bruise both front feet. And it's yes. very scary then, but July, you're still like, it's okay. It's going fine. And just like you said, it's the hot time of year. You can just hang out eat hay and get ready. So yeah, yeah it's good. You're getting it all and out you know, of the system now. <laughs> Exactly. And to be honest, I've been, he's been just really fun. And so he was at a place where I felt like we could go as is right now and be competitive. So I just kind of feel like any training we get on top of it is just kind of going to be icing on the cake. So he's just at a really fun place. Yeah. That's a good place to be going in. Absolutely. And I applaud you for not that you've ever had an ego from the times we've talked to you, but we do know ego can play a part in any competition and you've definitely put your horse first. So applaud you on putting your horse's safety and not worrying about the competition right now. I think that's great. Yes. Well, that was the other thing I told my vet too. I was like, well, we'll do whatever it takes. I said, we can't compete if we can't pass the vet check. So we got to show up now. (laughs) Yes. The makeover is great for that one too. That does put horse welfare first. Exactly. Lee, and you have a lot of exciting things happen. I remember seeing on Instagram that Hot Girl Summer had a little stay away, a little sleepover at a friend's house. And then you have some upcoming events, but catch us up on what's new. Yeah, so after we got fitted with her new saddle, it's been kind of a whirlwind. My brother got married, and then we went out of town for a week, so kind of been busy there. But while I was out of town, like you had talked about with Rachel, Finn is a pasture horse, so she has been since she got to me in October last year. 
And I did not want Kentucky to be the first time that she was in a stall for a week. That just that thought just gave me mega anxiety. So some friends of mine, actually, his name is Jeff Cox and his wife, Anita. They do actually ranch riding and training out here in Virginia. I asked if they would keep her for a week in a stall. And anything else on top of that would just be extra good. So they worked on some lunging with her. Jeff did because she was a little nutty about lunging, not Mm -hmm. in a round pen. (laughs) But now she is going very quietly and very nicely. And then while she was there, she also worked on her patience, bless her heart, because she sometimes is not the most patient redheaded mayor. I understand that. I understand that well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she was stalled beside like this little yearling colt the whole week. And I walked away when I dropped her off thinking, oh my gosh, I don't know if she's going to make it through. (laughs) she did and honestly the difference between dropping her off and picking her up is kind of blew my mind I took her to a lesson at my trainer Catherine's actually on Monday there was no drama trailering there was no anxiety from her when she got off the trailer in the past she's just kind of been I guess, uppity and calling to other horses that were around, but she acted like a grown up and I was just super proud of her. And just, I think that week away really did her some good. (laughs) So yeah. Nice. You're making me feel much better about sending my horse back to summer school. Lee, I have to tell you, I was like, I had a little (laughs) bit of like anxiety because I'm her primary caretaker. And now I'm like, go off, go young work. And yes, (laughs) this is making me very hopeful. I'm hoping our our owners channel their energy to get there for that. (laughs) I hope so. Even just a week made such a difference. So wow. Yeah. I was really happy with that. And then I didn't have to have major anxiety about how she was at the farm on vacation. So a (laughs) win-win. Absolutely. That's so hard to, if you have horses at home, it is so hard to, leave and do anything. So I feel this. I will commend both of you. And I know Rachel, you're not necessarily stall resting out of choice, but like you guys are doing it right to get your horses prepped for the stall situation at the makeover because I did not, I just didn't really think of it. Like I went to one overnight show and I was like, Oh, we're going to be fine. And like, he was fine for the first night. And then by the second night, he's like, I don't really like this. And by the third night, he was literally throwing himself at the door and the night check ladies kept calling me. And I was like, I am so sorry. So uh, first of all, get the night check ladies because they give you a lot of peace of mind at the makeover. And yeah, second of all, do exactly what you're doing and teach your horses how to be stalled because it's, there's a lot going on at the makeover. So that's actually how I met my neighbor. She was moving in and my horse busted through his stall guard and I, and didn't have anything on him. And I just sort of wrestled him in my arms and then sort of turned him around and drug him back to the stall and was like, Hey, do you have a halter I could borrow? Yeah. I wish there was a video. So she looks up at me and I'm like bear hugging my horse, dragging him down the shed row. And she was like, here's the lead rope. I was like, thank you very much. So, and now we're trapped. So, you know, how you know Jobber was a Western horse. Cause I'm going to tell you if that was an inventor, you would not have been able to do that. Yeah. I must've put just enough like fear of God in him where I was like, I'm grabbing you by the face. And he was like, Okie dokie, better go back with you now. So yeah, avoid the memories, WrestleMania memories. with your horse at the middle of the horse park and teach him how to be stalled. So good job, girls. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That's the goal. 
All right. So what's next on your show calendars, Rachel, I would imagine your plans are maybe a little up in the air, but in a perfect world, what do you have planned for the rest of the summer? Well, I'm just starting to get him out and he's doing 20 minutes a walk a day right now. We're just kind of building back up our top line oh, muscles. So there is one that we're kind of aiming for about the, I think it's end of August. So it just depends on heat, how hot it is here on whether we actually do it, but there's a little ranch riding show that we'll, we'll go and play at. Nice. How about you, Lee? So I actually took a leap of faith and scheduled or entered us, I guess, in an overnight show the last weekend of July. Um, So we'll be going up to the Virginia Horse Center, which is about two and a half hours from us. We'll have our first overnight stay in an outing. So hopefully that goes well. And if it does, they have another show there in September, the same group that we'd like to try to go back to right before the makeover, one last little jaunt in public, if you will. So that's what we have on the rest of our year, if everything goes smooth. (laughs) That's awesome. I've heard people say that the Virginia Horse Center is a good prep for the Kentucky Horse Park because it's another like big venue. So good choice. Yeah, it, it is big. I thought that's as close as we can get to Kentucky without going there. So it was going to work out well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good. So. Well, cool. We'll be cheering for both of you and your horses. Absolutely. And any of our like Virginia listeners or anyone going down, like find Lee. Come say hi if you're listening. And I'm sure she'd love it. Yes. And, and I just so volunteered you, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> we'll meet anybody. Finn loves people. I know her name is Finn, but we keep calling her Hot Girl Summer because because I think that. And I know name. you don't like that name, but we love it. Oh, so. Oh, love it. <laughs> <laughs> so you both talked about having some heat. You're both in the South. How are you prepping your horses to keep them cool, whether it is on the stall rest or taking them out and about? We do a lot of rinsing and they have fans. So even the pasture horses have a fan (laughs) in the corner of the pasture so they can stand in the shade and have a fan blowing on them. And then if I'm hauling anywhere, I tend to hose them off before we even load them in the trailer so that they have cool air blowing on them before going down the road. It's definitely not as hot in Virginia as it is in Texas, but I like to try to do things early in the morning. So the lesson that we traveled to was like first thing in the morning. That way it's not too hot when we're out and about and just working in the riding her in the morning or working her in the evening when the sun's kind of going down. So it's a little bit more bearable for us down here. That's fair. Those are all good suggestions. I think we're all going through some heat in one place or another, at least hot for us and keeping our horses cool, wanting to work our horses, getting ready for the makeover. If you are competing, there's a lot of pressure once we start getting to July and August of wanting to be prepared, knowing what you're going to do and how you can be mindful. I think it's important for anyone who's thinking about competing, thinking about going is competing of how to keep your horses safe and healthy during this warmer time that we're all going through. (laughs) I think it's interesting too, probably how we've all acclimated to our like respective warm because don't laugh at me Southerners, but it like if it's above 85, generally we don't ride here because the horses aren't acclimated to it. And neither are we like above 85 is pretty warm for up here in New York. And usually that's a heat index over 90. So that tends to be where I'm like, "Eh, if we have to, we'll just walk. 
So I would imagine your respective horses are acclimated to what's hot for you, but what are your limits? Like, where do you tend to not ride? I agree Uh, with you, Kristen. That's about the cutoff for me. Personally, I don't like to be hot either. And then I just like to remind myself that it's not like we're going to the Olympics. So if we miss a day because it's too hot in the end, you know, it's better for both of us. True. Yeah. Good point. All right, Rachel, put us to shame. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I, I, you just kind of evaluate the horses because they are acclimated, most of them, but some of them don't handle the heat well either. So, I mean, if they're standing in the shade and huffing and puffing already, and we're not even working, then obviously it's a skip day, but early mornings, late night, those are really the only times you can ride. You can't, there's, it's not possible to go out and ride anywhere from noon to four o'clock. It's just, yeah rider and horse will not do well. So your only options really are morning or evening. And then you just kind of evaluate the horse. Cause if I go out and I can't even walk to my trailer cause it's too hot, then I'm not going to put my horse to work either. Yeah. That sounds fair. I have a very interesting question as well of, we all have heat. We all acknowledge it's hot. When it's hot, we get flies. I'm very curious how your horses handle flies. Cause I did a post on our Instagram page and I asked people using the fruit emojis. Cause I wanted to be clever. Is your horse a strawberry? They tolerate the flies. They still stay sweet. Are they a lemon? They get kind of sour when there are flies around or are they a hot chili pepper? They do not do flies. They cannot stand it. And all hell breaks loose. How do your, where do your horses fall in that? Do you want to go first, Miss Leah? Sure. I'd say Finn is probably a lemon when it comes to the flies. <laughs> she has gotten real sensitive. They're bad down here this summer as they've come out. And I've gotten her one of those little mesh covers for her nose mm-hmm. when we ride, which makes a difference. And if not, she is just flicking every single one off of her nose. Oh. And just stamping <laughs> all the time. So she's a lemon. I guess she could be worse, but... Hopefully, they'll be gone before we know it. (laughs) Hopefully, before the makeover, because I use flies as an index of where we're working. So, the heat as well, if it's super hot, I like to be in our indoor arena. I know it's a luxury not everyone has, but the flies is not worth getting fucked off someday. So, I try to be strategic in my timing. Rachel, how about you? Are you a strawberry, Uh, lemon, or a chili pepper? I don't remember the descriptions, but mine doesn't care. He's a care bear about anything. Nope. He doesn't care about anything. As long as there's food and water, he's, he doesn't care about anything. Uh, the flies God are bless. annoying. But, God bless Catcher. He just sounds better every time he talks. I was going to say, every time Rachel talks about this horse, I want to buy him a little more. I so. know. I know. <laughs> I mean, they're annoying and they bite him. And I bought him. You guys are going to laugh at me. But I was like, the flies were so bad here. And the horse flies this season in Texas was awful. And so you can only put fly sheets on until about July. And then they have to come off. It just gets too hot. But I bought him a fly sheet that goes from his head to his tail and all the way down to his feet. Like he was oh covered. God. Like a suit. But it's yeah, because the horse flies are so bad. Like they're bleeding. They, oh. I mean, it was bad. It was bad for a yeah. while. But now it's just the regular black flies. Don't get me wrong. They're still annoying. But he, he doesn't care. <laughs> okay. You're going to have to send us a picture. I hope you have one. Because I oh. imagine he looks like a beekeeper. 
Like, how do you? He does. My dad's like, you're not taking him out in public with that, are you? Like, I don't know. We'll see. He's a gray horse, so it'll keep it's him clean. Fashion. <laughs> Look at that, right? I love that. My son said that he had pajamas on, so it's pretty funny. That's what I call my horse's winter blanket stuff. I call it her gym jams. I'm like telling Zach when I leave, I'm like, gotta go, gotta put Astrid gym jams on. <laughs> official word yeah i love it it's pretty entertaining oh i was just gonna say i do have a horse buying addiction problem and since my horse was down what am i doing horse shopping so i have my new next year's makeover horse coming next week Uh Uh uh-oh we're gonna have to save this update (laughs) we'll let you get acquainted but we're gonna want the deets next time we chat with you sounds like a plan All right. Well, ladies, remind us, we'll start with Rachel, where people can find you on social media to follow along and see pictures of Catcher in his pajamas. Oh, now you're going to make me post him there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's for our horses, North Texas, and I will get online and post a picture of him in his jammies. Yes. Yeah. All right. This is what the people want. (laughs) Lee, where can people follow along with Finn? We are on Instagram as hotgirlsummer.ottb, and that girl is with a U instead of an I. <laughs> and you can also <laughs> read our blog through America's Best Racing. So we're in both of those places. Yeah, that's been a great series. If you guys would like to follow up with some lovely light reading from Lee, she's been doing a knockout job over at ABR blogging for them. So that's been a lot of fun for me to get to read your work as well as talk to you about it. So, all right, ladies. Well, we'll look forward to hearing from you again. Best of luck as Catcher gets back on his feet and Finn heads off to some horse shows and we'll look forward to the report. Awesome. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Joy. Well, we're back with one of our most popular segments, which is the new vocations horse of the week and training tip. And this week we have with us Winnie Morgan Nemeth from the standard bread branch of new vocations racehorse adoption program. Welcome to the show, Winnie. Hi, thanks for having me. We're super excited to talk to you because we have some standard bread questions. This is something that's come up for myself when I've been training my little standard bread Wes, and I've sort of swapped notes with some other standard bread folks. And apparently it's kind of a common question and something that like nobody seems to talk about. So um, what, <laughs> what happens? So Wes is a pacer. And when pacers are transitioning to trotting under saddle, sometimes initially, apparently it feels like what I've been calling a little hitch in his get along, which mm-hmm. I'm sure is the really professional training term, but it's almost like a little hop almost, <laughs> or like an extra, it almost feels like an extra little hitch in the stride and the hind, especially yeah. as he was working to kind of find that balance and rhythm. So definitely right. initially I was like, oh my gosh, I think this horse might be off. And then I would have my Mm -hmm. husband trot him in hand up and down the driveway. And I was like, no, he's definitely not off. And I would have him videotape me and watch him. And I was like, no, he's very sound. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) when I was chatting with some friends, it sounds like this is actually kind of a common phenomenon. So how do you help both people and standard breads through that phase as they're trying to find their way? Yeah. So it is a great question. And one that we get quite often, sometimes from very concerned adopters that are certain that their horse might be broken uh, when they ride them because they do one thing like you saw when they'll trot next to you perfectly sound and then you're riding them and you're trotting and all is well and then all of a sudden they hit and they'll switch into what they're switching into is the pace and that that definitely feels much different than your trot your 2b trot would be doing (laughs) and can be a little alarming but it happens very often and what typically you're seeing is that 
going back to the basics is that your standard bred is a gated breed, whether they're a trotter or a pacer, they carry that gated gene and pacers can trot and trotters can pace. And what happens is that what they did at the track for miles and miles may have probably been pacing and pacing with hobble. And so once they get transitioned and they're getting used to carrying a rider's weight and not pulling a jog cart or a race bike, also going at different speeds, you're also asking them to do different things on their back. They're carrying your weight. Your hands are way different than the lines would have been for a driver, but a big thing is balancing that weight. And so sometimes when they get nervous or they get unsure with the rider's weight, depending on what you're asking them to do and how you're holding their head, perhaps maybe you're doing a sitting trot and you're holding their head, uh, just setting it as you would like hold it at the pole, getting that collection causes them to go into a pace and Really, that's the hitch and the giddy-up is that they hit the pace. So a lot of times, if you loosen up just a little bit, give them their face. Again, they should know how to go forward and know what a trot is by that point. They should be able to hit the trot pretty easily if they're going to trot. And sometimes shoeing will also help. So if you have, say, a heavier shoe on the front and you're holding them and asking, collecting them, into like a sitting trot, they will most likely pace if they're going to pace. So a lot of times we say, you know, make sure that you have like a lighter shoe on in front, say an aluminum versus a steel shoe, and that they get pretty good at trotting on a looser rein and get comfortable trotting and learn that you're asking them to trot. And then when you go for more collection, which again can be done on the ground or on their back, they should, if they're going to trot, they should trot very nicely for you, but occasionally they're going to hit that pace. And we had this question yesterday on a horse that I showed his half-brother market share at the Standard Red National Show. He actually won the 2012 Hamiltonian. So he was a trotter and he won on the trot. He won a million-dollar race equivalent to the Kentucky Derby. When we started transitioning him, Marky wanted to pace. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> and come to find out, his trainer said, oh, yes, every time we walked to the track, he would pace. And we said, Marky, trot. And so we started using that under saddle, and he knew exactly what that meant. But when he got nervous, he would switch to the pace. And so we just try to keep that forward momentum. And he got through and showed his walk trot classes very well at the national show and brought home a lot of blue ribbons. But it's something that takes time and consistency. Yeah. And I think that's a tough thing, right? Because we tend to be drawn to the standard breads like, oh, they're so good minded. Like you can just get on and go. But I think it is important to remember, like they really are relearning a lot of muscle memory and just a brand new way of going. So, yeah. Yes. And they're used to being worked six days a week if they were coming right from the racetrack. Right. They're in a pretty, really professional program. (laughs) So like you said, that muscle memory, they're always going to the track on the pace. That's what they know. So of course, it's going to take some time for them to figure that trot out if they're going to trot. Not all of them are going to trot. It's not natural for them. And sometimes they just physically are not going to be able to do it. But if they're sound overall and in good shape, most of them pick it right up. And it's amazing to me how quickly they can slip into the pace and then slip back to the trot or slip Mm -hmm. from the canter into the pace, then back into Mm -hmm. the canter again. And it's like, oh my gosh, (laughs) it's amazing what these horses can do, even though you don't want them to be doing it. Their ability to just switch back and forth is really quite remarkable. So, but yeah, good reminder to do your homework and and work on your strength and your balance and take things slow with these guys. So thanks. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, you also have a treat for us today because our featured horse of the week, I think this is the horse I've seen shared on social media mm-hmm. the most this week. And among my thoroughbred people too, not just my standard bread loving friends, but the thoroughbred oh, folks good. are like, whoa. <laughs> yes. When I saw this horse, I immediately thought of the social media, like real memes and TikToks right now. It's like, she's an icon. She's a legend. She is the moment. Like I saw these photos. I'm like, who is this horse? Tell us a little bit about Little Joke. So Little Joke is a very special mare. It was a great race mare, incredibly bred. She's by Better's Delight. She earned 344000 She's a 2012. She did just quit. She retired from racing last, let's see, last August in hopes of being a top brood mare for her owners. And unfortunately, she just did not get in full and they tried and it's not going to work. And so rather than try to breed her again and we're late in the season now, they reached out to me and I, of course, was just thrilled to get her. And she arrived in impeccable shape and took right like had no problems starting to transition under saddle. She's pacing bread. However, she's very sound. So she's very willing to try. Bridget said she really hasn't paced much at all and really likes having a job again. I'm sure she's happy, like not being in the field. She's doing something. She is just beautiful. She does not have any soundness issues. She did not retire because of that. But we're just super excited to have her. She can't be bred. We've had that question quite a bit. Mares going through new vocations, you're not going to be able to get their USTA registration papers. Pleasure horse papers can be gotten after the contract's fulfilled. They don't allow them to be bred due to our funding we get from the Standard Bread Transition Alliance. So, But we don't feel, like I said, they really tried and that didn't work. So her second or third career is going to be a riding horse. Yeah, she is a lovely little horse. And I noticed you know, at risk of stereotyping, a lot of the comments were like, oh, she has such a pretty head. Like people were surprised, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) and you can find Mm -hmm. plenty of standard breads with pretty heads, although they do have that stereotype that they've got a big, heavy head, but this is just a lovely petite little mare and the dapples on her are gorgeous. Yes. Yes. No, she does. This sire tends to throw really pretty horses. And I think as the breed is refined over the past 20 or 30 years, the bigger Roman nose heads have been bred out of those horses. We're seeing a more finer horse. And with that also comes a finer, more thoroughbred type horse too, with issues and in, in, uh, lamenesses, but she is beautiful. <laughs> what do you see her succeeding in? If you could cherry pick a discipline for her. Right now, I mean, she seems to like she could possibly do just about anything anybody would want to do. She, we have not, to my knowledge, and speaking with Bridget today, she's cantered on the lunge line. She hasn't on, on her back yet. We've just been taking it slower in teaching her how to walk, trot, go out with other horses. She's been ridden around the farm, handled that fine. She looks like she could just do about anything really. She's happy. She's just happy doing the job. She likes to work. I think, you know, movement wise, she could probably do like any flat type of class, probably more English. She looks more English to me. So whether that be dressage or maybe low level hunters, if we haven't had her over a jump or anything, so I'm not sure she's inclined to do that, but standard breads do like to jump. 
Yeah. Yeah. And she's a perfect little package for someone. She's listed at 14.3. It's a good size. Like it I, is a good size. I do. Like everyone is always like, oh, 16 plus hand horse. I'm like, I grew up on Arabs. And I'm telling you the, like the 14.3, 15 hand horses, that is the sweet spot. It is like the great mm-hmm. size to put kids on. It's a great size for adults still. It's just like, it's your bread and butter horse. And that's I, the perfect oh, size for a ranch horse. And I know yeah. ranch gets grouped in with the Western, but you want a forward moving horse like a hunter. So yeah. this could be someone's super cute little ranch mount. Yeah. And she's got that short oh, nice back too, which is another mm-hmm. great thing in the Western world or hunters or dressage. I mean, she really, or anything. Or anything. <laughs> I know. I know. That's what I thought. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, you heard it no, here first. Yeah. If one of you adopts, this little mare, you've got to let us know so we can do a follow-up interview. Yes. Oh, and <laughs> yeah. did we mention how expensive and like just crazily insane that New Vocations is asking for this adoption fee, Kristen? Oh, yes. Yep. That mile high adoption fee of 1500 So she's basically free. Yeah. $1,500 yeah. for a stunner, an internet famous horse right now. Like, come on, guys. Go pick her up. Get on it. Yes. Well, Winnie, thank you so much for joining us. Anything else we should know about Little Joke? She arrived with loads of bananas from her trainers, and oh. they said she loves them, and she certainly does. Oh. She loves her bananas. Oh, I love that. That's so cute. <laughs> All right. There you go. Inside tip, folks. Get your bananas ready. For Get your bananas when you adopt Little, little joke. joke. She'll love you forever. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks very much for joining us, Winnie. We'll stay in touch. (laughs) You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website at retiredracehorseradio.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Retired Racehorse Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. I can be found on Instagram at The Horseback Rider, and you can follow all of my racehorse ranch adventures on Facebook at Jobber Bill Racehorse to Ranch Horse. Someday, I promise I'll update it. My email is kbentley at the rrp.org. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at the Misfit Mare. And my email is joy at horseradionetwork.com. Shoot me an email, send me guest ideas. Just say hi. I welcome it all, but don't send me anything inappropriate. I don't welcome that. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Remember to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride. And always add more leg, especially when it's hot. Definitely, especially when it's hot. Bye, guys.